Thanks, David. Appreciate you, man. I, I can uh, personally tell you that Aaron and I took uh, uh, Financial Peace University back in 2013 when we first arrived on the scene here, and it radically changed our finances and, and, and improved our marriage and helped in incredible ways. Friends, the number one barrier in people's lives with God is money. The number one barrier in relationships, in marriages, is money, friends. And if we can get ourselves fiscally right before God, there will, there will be nothing in your life that can break open the floodgates of God's blessings quicker than getting yourself financially right in this world. Because you can cry freedom in Christ, but you're, if you're in, uh, uh, up to your eyeballs in debt in your checkbook, well, then you're never going to experience the full freedom that God has for you. So check out this class, friends. It'll change you. And one of the signs of freedom that you'll feel, and I pray that someday you can feel this. Some of you will know what I'm saying because you've, dealt with, you've done this too, is paying cash for a car. Let me ask you, if you've never had a chance to pay cash for a car, you need this class. Because when you pay cash for a car, there's nothing more freeing in this world to have that experience, to know that you've done it God's way you saved, you worked hard, you, you decided to get a car that's a little bit, maybe more miles, a little bit older than you, what you would have done in the past, and you paid cash for it, friends, I'm telling you, it will set you free. Check it out, be a part of that, and uh, we're so excited to help people get out of debt and be set free. That's what we're about as a church, helping people get set free. Get set free from the law of sin and death, and to step into the gracious relationship of God in Jesus Christ. Now, we do this thing called life with three simple rules. That's what this sermon series that we're in is all about. Three simple rules to live by. Do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. I told you I'm a simple guy. I'm a simple man. I love it when people simplify things for me. And in any given moment in your life, if you question what to do, how to respond, how to act, how to react or not react, what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do, you just do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. And with God's help, we're doing all that we can to rid our life of sin, the stuff that hurts us and hurt others and, and, and hurts the heart of God. But we're not just staying out of trouble. We're not just trying to keep our noses clean and keep to ourselves. We are called to do good. God calls us to do good with the time, the talents, and the treasures that we have. To offer all that we are and all that we have, our whole life, to offer to God and his good kingdom work and his incredible purposes the Bible talks about the idea of therefore offering our lives as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God as our supreme act of worship that glorifies God. Nothing pleases the heart of God more than when we take our life and we put it at his feet and say, God, do with it as you wish. That's what Hebrews chapter 13 says. That's what the Bible says in verses 15 to 16. Through God, then, let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to him that is the fruit of lips praising God's name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Now, if you want to please God and you want to warm the heart of God, then you do that when you leverage your life for his good and incredible work. So doing with our life what God says pleases him, and it fills us up at the same time. You're pleasing God, and then your heart and your life is filled up with the abundant life. I don't know if it gets any better than that. I mean, old Milwaukee and their beer commercial would tell you there's a better life out there. I don't know about that. I mean, sitting around a campfire with a can of stale beer after the hunt, I mean, I, I don't know. But when you're pleasing God and you're living the abundant life that Jesus promised for you, by the way, you may want to come back to church in November because the whole sermon series is called The Abundant Life, and we're going to talk about that at length, friends, if that's what you desire in your life. It just doesn't get any better than that, right? So last week we talked about being filled with God's grace, 
in order to be able to do good because God gifts us. He gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us talents for his good kingdom work. And so today we're going to follow up with that. We were in Romans 12 last week. We're going to be in Romans 12 again today. And Paul is going to show us practical ways that we can invest our time while not neglecting doing good. So, uh, so we want to offer God our talents, which we talked about last week, our time, which we're going to talk about this week. And in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about giving God our treasures So we're going to do that today by starting with the concept of love, because love is what motivates us to do good. Did you know that? I mean, love is what motivates us to do good. Love is what motivated God to do the greatest act of all time for you and for me. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he did what? Because of his love, it caused him to do what? What did God do? He gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life, friends. It was because of love that God was a, is a good God. For God so loved the world that he did a really, really, really good thing. And so therefore, it's the love of God that's in us. It's the realization of all that God has done for us that motivates us to do good. Because without the love of God in us, it is our human nature and self-will to serve ourselves. And and God in Jesus Christ comes in and disrupts that and interrupts our human nature and interrupts the flesh and, and our sinful nature and brings in the power of his spirit to transform our lives. So let's pick it up in Romans chapter 12. After last week we talked about spiritual gifts, Paul's going to go talk, he's going to go on to talk about here's how this practically looks in your life. How do you live out the giftedness God has given you? How do you live out in your time doing good for him? Well, he starts off in verse 9 in the Bible, and he says, love must be sincere. So therefore, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And so here's the amazing thing about God. God's love in us and his teachings and the person and work of Jesus Christ who's shown us how to do these things helps us sort out the difference between what is evil and what is good, what is harmful and what is a blessing, what may hurt others and what may bless others. He helps us sort all that out in this life, and he tells us here, I'm going to help you cling to what is good. I love that, I love that, I love that, that statement, friends, because if you're, if you're drowning in life, they throw you a life preserver, right? And you, and you, gotta, you grab a hold of that life preserver and you cling to that because that represents life. God, God is saying, in this world, we are drowning from the way that we treat each other. And he said, I'm throwing you a life preserver. He says, I want you to cling to what is good. Cling to what is good. Hold on to it for dear life. Hold fast to this good thing that I'm teaching you and talking to you about. And he said, so he, he right away gave us some very practical ways on how we can walk this walk in our time and do good. First of all, he talks about being devoted to one another. If we're going to invest our time in people in, in the name of love and do good towards them, we just need to be devoted to one another, which means putting other people's needs above our own, which means honoring what God did on the cross for us, that his good spirit in us gives us the power to sacrifice ourselves, to sacrifice our own agendas and our own ideas, and to live for serving him. So friends, doing good then means doing for other people, giving people our time, being with them, offering acts of loving kindness and and meeting their needs, friends. So if I could illustrate this, it happened to us while we were in Cincinnati this summer. You know, Isabel was there for many weeks, four, five, six weeks, dealing with a shunt issue. 
And uh, we got a, got a message from one of our friends here at, uh, at Rolling Plains Church who just happened to be in Cincinnati the night of I was down there to visit because she was having surgery. I couldn't be down there the whole time, but Aaron was down there the whole time. She's having surgery this night. It just so happens that this friend of ours from, from Rolling Plains Church is down there with his family uh, for an extended weekend of fun. And he says, hey, listen, we're staying at such and such place. I want to come by tonight and bless you. Can, can I pick up some beverages and some snacks for you? What do you guys like? And I'm like, I'm like, well, I don't, we don't, we don't want to be a bother to you. He's like, no, I, I mean, it's like, I want to be able to do this for you. I mean, you don't have to do that. You ever say that? You don't have to do that. We're going to get this in a second. We're going to get this. You don't have to do that. Friends, when you live in the kingdom of God, it ain't a have to, it's a get to. And that's what this brother was feeling in his spirit. He's like, he's saying, so here he is. He's on vacation with his family, who he doesn't get a chance to really see that often. And he, and, he, and, he, and he steps aside in that moment to show up at the hospital while my daughter's in surgery. It's 9 o'clock at night, mind you, 9.30 p.m. Hit like four convenience stores on the way. They're all closed. Finally found a place. And he walks in with a smile, hands us a beverage. We pray together and, uh, and, and, and gives us the freedom to, to not linger in that moment, but get back up to our daughter and, and, and to be a blessing. Friends, this person showed what it means to do good with the time that we have, sacrificing ourselves to be present for other people, friends. Because in the kingdom of God, it's not a have to, it's a get to. I looked at him and I knew it was a get to on his part. It wasn't a have to because it's not just about what we do. It's, it, 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 and doing good isn't just about the action. Doing good is about the attitude behind it, friends. Doing good is about the attitude behind it. We got to have a good attitude, Paul says. Remember he says in, in verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You got to have a good attitude because nothing defeats good actions like a bad attitude. You might be able to have some good actions, okay, some good actions, but if the attitude behind it isn't there, it ain't going to be a blessing. Let me, let me show you how this works, right? Um, um, honey, can you take out the dog? Okay, all right, got to take out the dog. Where are the kids at on this one? They wanted the dog for Christmas for the last three years. How come they can't take out the dog? All right, let's go, Scarlett, get the collar on. Here we go, open the door. Get out there. Come on, get done. All right, here we go. We got the ball game's on. It's raining. Let's go back in. Now, I did a good thing, right? I took the dog out, but was it received as a good thing because my attitude stunk? No. I mean, this is hypothetical. This doesn't, this doesn't happen in our household. I wasn't talking about me, but this is everybody else, right? I mean, nothing derails or defeats good actions like a poor attitude, right? Now, the Bible says that we have to have great energy, great enthusiasm, a supernatural fervor, the Bible says, to not be lacking in zeal, a supernatural joy in doing good for other people and to help around the house. Friends, because it's not a have to, it's a get to. So we got to get excited about doing the dishes. We got to get excited about mowing the lawn and taking out the trash. We got to get excited about cleaning our room according to God's word because it ain't a good deed unless the attitude behind it is good too. Am I talking to some of the right people here today? I mean, so this is what you say, you got to have a, a good attitude, that it's a privilege to be able to love on God's creation. It's a privilege to be, able to, to be able to make dinner for your family. It's a privilege to be able to go to work for your family. It's a privilege to be able to bless this person. It's a privilege to be able to let somebody in front of you in traffic. It's a privilege. <laughs> right? I'm privileged to do so because I love you, my friend. Sure, you can have the right of way. The Bible says to keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord, right? It says to, to, um, 
to, 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 to hold on to, to, to zeal, to never be lacking in zeal, to keep your spiritual fervor in the Lord, never be lacking in zeal, don't neglect doing good. They're all reminders. They're all reminders. You know, um, don't neglect doing good. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. They're all reminders because it's so easy to forget to have the right attitude on the way to trying to do good for somebody. Because over time, we can, we can lose our, our fervor. We can lose that loving feeling. The fire in our life can die out, and then all of a sudden, all we have is just a bunch of actions and activities. And the passionate, the, the, the passionate Jesus Christ life can become a religious list of do's and don'ts. Uh, routines and habits, nothing new or fresh alive in us, and we can lose our passion, but the Bible says that every day in our attitudes that we should walk out of the doorway joyful with a sacrificial loving attitude while we're walking out of the house saying, I get a chance today to offer my life. I get a chance today to offer my time as a living sacrifice for the Lord today, and we get a chance to keep our eyes open for God's appointments to be able to bless other people because we're grateful for what God has done for us. Oh, we're to do all the good that we can because God has shown us just how good he is. That we're able to spread his love by doing good. And, and, and we're not going to walk around this world with a attitude, right? Because attitude matters when we're doing good. Nothing derails good actions like a bad attitude, right? So here's how you're going to remember this. You remember the A-team? Remember Mr. T? He'd be like, man, I'm, I'm showing my age up here, by the way. They're like, Pastor John, what, I mean, what's the A-team? That's like, that's like 40 years ago. I get it. An 80s thing. But Mr. T, you can't forget, he had these chains and these jewelry, and his name was B.A. Baracus. Remember what B.A. stood for? Bad attitude Baracus. You wouldn't mess with this guy. I wouldn't mess with Mr. T, I'm telling you. B.A. Baracus. So, friends, what God is saying here is he doesn't want you to B.A., be a B.A., he wants you to be a J.C. He doesn't want you to be like B.A. with a, a bad attitude. He wants you to be like J.C., like Jesus Christ and to love on people, and have a good and incredible and wonderful attitude in all that we do, because nothing ruins a good work like a bad attitude. So no BAs, friends. We're going to be just JCs. Amen? JCs. So here is the third piece that he talked about, to be hospitable. So hospitable, it's, it's an attitude. Hospitality is an attitude and an atmosphere that one carries about themselves that welcomes and is inviting to everyone else around them. It's just, see, hospitality, we think hospitality is like a, and it has to do with this, uh, most hospitality has to do with a beverage or, or food or some type of, some type of, some, like, like a glass of water or some kind of something to nibble on. Or, it involves that kind of thing. But friends, it's an attitude, it's a posture. Uh, hospitality isn't something we just do. Hospitality is who we are. And God calls us to, to have an attitude and an atmosphere that we carry about ourselves that is welcoming and inviting and that blesses people. You see, in Romans chapter 12, the Bible says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. So God would have us ask today, does who you are and how you act and the words you speak create an environment where people can be who they are around you, all the while trying to freely discover the new thing that God wants to do in their life. In other words, just being around you shows the love of Jesus Christ. So that means we're not going to be negative, we're not going to be complaining, we're not going to be critical, because that is a drain and actually depletes people, doesn't feed and nurture people. And so rather we're going to be filled with a positive attitude, we're going to be filled with joy, a joy-filled heart, hope in the Lord that exudes patience as people 
are able to feel their way through life around us, as people are able to feel like they can make a mistake around us without being judged or shamed. Friends, this is a posture of hospitality. It's a, it's a faithful love that no matter what this person is going through, your response is going to say, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to walk through life with you. My life is yours. We're going to do this together. You're not alone. And so rather than depleting a hospitable person, who they are feeds and nourishes souls. It, see, who we are actually gives a drink to the thirsty without having to hand them a glass of water. We're a glass of water for thirsty souls. We're feeding and refreshing other people, and that's where that piece of hospitality comes in. You see, hospitality is almost always associated with food and beverage. Well, friends, you're the beverage and you're the food. Your whole life either feeds a hungry heart or refreshes a thirsty soul. It's a love in you that truly cares to do good for someone and to show grace upon grace. 1 Peter chapter 4 says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling, right? Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I love that. Highlight, underline that in your notes, a faithful steward of God's grace, because that's what we're called to be. You see, God, God, God um, distributes his grace into our hearts because he wants us to be a good steward of it and share it with everybody else that comes in contact with us in our life. Now, you can create an, atmos- an atmosphere of hospitality with your life that is so good that others experience your demeanor as the grace, the very grace of God washing over their soul. Did you know that your presence, your attitude, what you say and don't say, how you act and don't act can, can shower people with the grace of God in Jesus Christ? And you just shower over them. And when you do that, the Bible says that, 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 that our grace, our love covers over sin, covers over wrongdoing and hurt and harm. It's this amazing power that we have that God has given us to be good stewards of God's grace, to offer grace upon grace upon grace. Just by our very presence, we just wash over people with grace. And you're a faithful steward of it then. And you're saying to people, all that I have in this moment I offer you I'm all yours. I'm all in on you right now. I see you. I see you. Drink from my life. Feed off of my attitude. Feed off the love of God in me. Be filled as a result of my presence in your life. So we got to be hospitable. What do we do with our time? we got to be peacemakers. Paul goes on to talk about that in Romans 12, verse 14. So that when people experience you, they experience your life, they experience Jesus in you, it shouts, peace be with you. Does our life scream, peace be with you? Does our life shout to other people, peace be with you? Here's what Paul says, going on in the verse 14 of Romans 12. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Ooh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. If it is possible, as far as it it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Friends, when you realize that you're a sinner saved by grace in Jesus Christ, that God used his son to reconcile you and to bring you back into relationship with him through his blood because you are a part of a contentious relationship, do you know that without Jesus Christ, 
God just sees you as a sinner, as an imperfect person, and therefore there's a contention and a, and a separation in our relationship, that Jesus came and his blood reconciles that relationship and it brings us back together again. And when you receive that relationship with God through the blood of Jesus Christ, then we become a steward of God's good and an administrator of his grace and to bring peace everywhere we go as a result of it. We become peacemakers as Jesus was a peacemaker between us and our Father between God. Friends, you're not holding grudges, casting blame, shaming other people. No, you're celebrating. You're celebrating with people when they're winning at life. You're crying with those people when they're shedding painful tears. You're seeking common ground despite your differences. You're taking time to understand where somebody else is coming from and, and have them understand where you're coming from and to seek to know their story and for them to know your story. And there's this mutuality of love that happens and you see them as God's wonderful creation with an attention to their need. Oh, friends, that means, it, it means letting go of conceited pridefulness and, 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 and having an attention to their needs, that they are people that you want to be able to give the time of day to. Because, friends, there's people in our life that sometimes we struggle to connect with or give the time of day to, or there's people groups that we struggle. You know, we, we don't think we do, but we really do. But what God is using you to do is to close the divide, close the gap between people and bring people together. You're, you're an advocate of making peace with people. And if at all possible, the Bible says, if it is up to you, make peace with everyone, everywhere. I love what he says, if it, is a, if it is all possible, when it is up to you. Do you want to know what God wants to say to you? It is up to you. If you have Jesus Christ in your life, it is up to you to be a peacemaker. It's, that's who God called us to be. We don't wait for the other person to make peace first. We're the peacemaker. God says, get after it. It is up to you. Make peace with everyone. Pay attention to perception while doing it. Remember when he, when he said, um, let me see, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. That's a tough thing to do, but God calls us to try to do it to the best of our ability with his power and strength nonetheless. So pay attention to perception because perception is a reality, right? Have you ever heard that before? Perception is a reality. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of all the Bible is saying and not give anyone an excuse to question our integrity or intentions of doing good. So friends, that means that we're going to be bringing peace on social media with our posts. And from time to time, I struggle with that. And every once in a while, someone will tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, you've got to correct that. And I'm like, you're right, we've got to fix that. In our business dealings, we've got to pay attention to our integrity, the way we treat each other, how we live out into the world. Friends, because everybody's watching. And so with God's help, as it depends on us, and it does, we got to give no reason for folk to doubt how they perceive us and how they perceive God in us as Christ followers. How we live will not create any kind of divide between other people and God. And, and, and for years and decades, oftentimes as Christ followers in God's church, we do a really good job of creating wedges between people and God, and we don't even realize it, Right? And so God says, he says, I don't want you to be a barrier between people and God. I want you to be someone who reconciles me to other people. By our life, we're going to reconcile other people to God. Second Corinthians, the, the Bible says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God calls us to be peacemakers. So with how we live, how we speak, how we post, how we act, how we conduct ourselves, we are his peacemakers calling the world to him as he called us to himself. And if we want to do all the good that we can, then we got to let our life scream, peace be with you, peace be with you. 
as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone that you can, and then leave the judging to God. Leave the judging to God. That's what he, that's what he said at the end of that scripture that we read earlier, right? Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And so we've got to just leave the judging to God. You, you can't love people. You can't have a good attitude. You can't show hospitality. You can't make, be a peacemaker when your heart is full of resentment and bitterness and anger. But when you allow the Lord to handle the matter, when you, when you put them or what they did in his hands, you're able to maintain your joy. You're able to hold on to hope. You're able to, 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 to be a distribution agent of God's grace, to be a good steward of his grace and have a graceful attitude that loves and is able to do good, that honors others. And, 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 and as far as it depends on us, have, have peace with everyone and in all of our, our dealings, friends. So let it go and let God do his job, right? Let it go and let God do his job. And you say, well, what's our job? Well, our job is to do good. Our, our job is to do all the good that we can that honors other people and let God be the one to do his job. You see, the problem is, is that we, we want to try to take on God's job when we judge other people, we harbor resentment and hold on to bitterness and things like that. And God said, well, you, you were never designed to be able to do that. And that's why we find ourselves miserable. He says, that's my job. Let me do that. And if you, if you let it go and let it come to me, then you'll be able to have your life just shout to other people, peace be with you. As you let the love of God motivate you to bless others with a joy-filled attitude that is hospitably replenishing of souls and doesn't deplete other people, that shouts peace be with you in every way you live. And so friends, we're going to grab a hold of and we're going to cling to what is good, right? We're not letting go anymore. We're grabbing a hold of and we're clinging to what is good and we're doing that with our time, our talents, our treasures, everything that we are and all that we have. So let's land the plane with some action steps. Number one, do you deplete or do you refresh people? This is a great question. And maybe some of us are aware of this or maybe some of us aren't unaware. And like I said before, there's times where I'm reminded that sometimes I might be depleting rather than refreshing. And I want to correct that. How about you? Do you deplete or do you refresh people? That's a great question to answer. Number two, Go out of your way to do good for someone this week. Go out of your way to do, not when it's easy, right, okay? There, there's going to be a moment this week where you're, you're going to make a different choice based on how you would have normally reacted because you heard the word of God today and the word of God penetrated your heart and soul. In that moment, you're going to go out of your way to do good for someone this week, and you don't expect anything in return. You don't expect them to treat you better. You don't expect the monetary reward, whatever it is. Go out of your way this week to do good for someone this week. And, and then three, uh, watch this now. Do it with a joyful heart, right? Because nothing derails a good action like a bad attitude, right? So, so number three, do it with a, a joyful heart. And when people encounter the people of Rolling Plains Church out in public, they're not going to be like, well, man, we, uh, that, that church is just producing a bunch of BAs, a bunch of people walking around with a bad attitude, right? That's not us. No, uh-uh. We're, we're going to walk around and, and we're going to get this reputation out in the community. It's like, well, man, they love Jesus. They're part of that Rolling Plains Church. They got the Rolling Plains Church t-shirt on and, and, the, and they're acting like JC, not like a BA, right? Because we need Jesus Christ in our life. He is our living example and he can wipe away the bad attitude and he can replace it with the loving grace as we get a chance to be stewards of it everywhere we go with the time that God has given us. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you for the words that you gave us in Romans 12 from Paul. Lord God, we thank you for the reminder that 
that we are called to not just um, to not just avoid doing bad things or you know to do no harm, but you call us to do good, to live into people's lives. Lord God, thank you for that message today. Thank you for the reminder, God, that that we may be trying to do good, but if we don't do it with the right attitude, it's not going to be received as a good thing. Lord God, thank you for that conviction today as well. Lord God, would you nurture our hearts and our souls to guide us and lead us in all places and in all ways to be loving, to represent you. Lord God, it's impossible for us to be perfect, but as far as it depends on us, and it does, let us live at peace with everyone. Lord God, it's hard to be perfect, but uh, as far as it depends on us, and it does, let us try to be above reproach in all of our dealings and the way that we carry ourselves and handle ourselves so we don't ever give anybody a reason to doubt our integrity or, or doubt the God in us that we profess so that, Lord God, our life actually exudes joy and a hope and grace and mercy that is contagious that other people want to be a part of. Lord God, would you, would you leverage us to be that as your church? For all of us here today, Lord God, we've all got to... We've all got a work to do, Lord God, and, and help us all to understand where that place is, where our, maybe our bad attitude is, Lord God, or, or where we could be a peacemaker, Lord God, or where we could be more hospitable with our life because this is what you call us to do as we give you everything that we have, our time, our talents, and our treasures, that with our time, you call us to these things in Romans 12. And Lord God, we want to own them. We want to be your church, not just in this building. We want to be your church out there in the community. So, Lord God, walk with us as we go to church, as we go to work into our workplaces this week. Walk with us as we go out on the roadways and into the grocery stores this week. And, Lord God, may, may who we are scream, peace be with you. May who we are just, just exude hospitality to somebody else in need, Lord God. May who we are bring encouragement and love. Lord, we pray all this in your name, Lord God. Amen. Now, friends, there may be something during this sermon that just touched your heart. There's a movement of the Holy Spirit in you, and you want to affirm that and confirm that. I want to invite you to come forward and be prayed over or, or just to kneel at the altar here and, and confess whatever you need to confess to God. Or, 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 or maybe you just have a joyous celebration in your heart because God's doing a new thing. Or you need to be ministered to. Our prayer ministry team will be here and be available to do that with you. And uh, so we're going to stand right now. We're going to sing this closing song. And the altar area is open, friends.